Well, hey, everybody, it's good to see you. Can we give a round of applause for God and all that he did in 2023? So many good stories. Yeah. And I, I just, uh, I think we've had a remarkable year as a church, and those stories and, and uh, those stats are just a few reasons why I think it's exciting to give at Foothills Church. And, and, and I, I just kind of want to start today by, by letting you know, both here in, in, in Maryville and Knoxville, that like if you're giving and if you're serving, um, God is using you. God is blessing what you are doing here in incredible, incredible ways. And, and sometimes, you know, I think it's appropriate for us to maybe do a, a video that's a little bit longer than what we normally do, just to make you aware uh, of just a few of the great stories of, of how God is working. And some of us, you know, sometimes we just get focused on our life and we're giving or serving and, and we, we may forget all the great things that God is doing. And, and so today I want to remind us uh, why we give. I, I want to remind you why it is so important that we give. And, and so uh, let's look at Matthew chapter six to kick us off today that this familiar passage that I know you've heard a lot, but it has so much truth packed into it. Jesus says this, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, sometimes a familiar passage uh, we kind of run by and we don't always uh, appreciate. And so let's just pause for a second and, and absorb the truth of verse 21 that wherever our heart is, whatever, whatever you love, you're gonna give money to that. You're gonna be investing in that. And, and proof of that is if you're a parent, you just look at how much money you spend on your kids this year. And, and you know, before you cry about it, realize that that's an example of your love, right? Where your heart is, that's where your finances are gonna be. But what Jesus says here in, in verses 19 and 20 is something that I think is incredibly important for us. And that is this simple truth, that generosity makes an eternal impact. What Jesus is saying is if you are investing just in this life, if you are just using all of your resources for this world, for material possessions, he's warning us that it's not gonna last. He's warning us that it's not gonna be to your credit, that you're not gonna be blessed for it in the future. And so the warning is that, that we've gotta put and in, 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 in invest in eternity. Listen, when we talk about 157 people that are getting baptized here at our church this year, that's, that's people who are making a connection with Jesus Christ and, and moving from death to life and, and doing that for, and, and making it public uh, by getting baptized. Um, this is an example of an eternal impact, but, but by the way that we serve and by the way that we give. In fact, if you are here in Maryville or Knoxville and you were baptized this past year, 2023, would you stand up where you're at so that we can see you and celebrate with you? Could you stand? All over, all over here, Knoxville, all the way to the top. You can be seated. This is, this is uh, the eternal impact that we're having. As you give, as you serve, we saw 44 teenagers give their life to Christ on Wednesday night. 
which is amazing. We saw 230 new partners uh, join our church this year. If you're a new partner, you went to base camp and joined this year, would you stand up here in, in Knoxville? Let's celebrate you guys for a second. Welcome. Yeah, excited for you as well. Again, this is an eternal impact as God has blessed us. And what Jesus wants us to know from this passage is that money doesn't last in this world. Your money will last as long as the world lasts and this world is not going to last. And so that means that what God puts in your hands is only gonna be there for a short time. But what you put in God's hands will last forever. And that's what generosity is all about. You know, when we invest, there's always a certain amount of risk when you're investing in a stock or real estate or whatever business investment that you're looking at. Whatever you invest in has an element of risk, but the only investment that doesn't include risk is when you give to God because he promises that he is going to bless, that he's going to reward in this life and in the life to come. I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9, a really simple truth here. He says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. I know, very simple, right? If you plant a few seeds in your garden this spring, you're gonna get a few plants and your reward, your crop is gonna be small. But if you are planting many seeds, if you are generously planting seeds, then you're gonna have more of a reward, more of a return. And so God is guaranteeing that when you are generous, you're gonna receive a generous return. Our church is experiencing a generous return this year. Based on your giving and investment, God has blessed us with life transformation, people coming to faith, ministries being started, the journey process discipling people, more and more people getting connected in small groups, going overseas, investing resources overseas, right? Planning churches, like in Knoxville, where God is going to do an incredible work and, and is already doing an incredible work. Generosity makes an eternal impact. But secondly, what I want us to realize today is that generosity should be intentional. It's got to be intentional or it's not going to happen in your life. If you, if you aren't intentional about your generosity, then life will pass you by the needs of life will come and go and you will get swept up in the day, in the year, in the life, and you will miss the opportunity to be a good steward with what God has given to you. I love what 1 Corinthians 16 says. Paul says, on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that when I come, no collection will have to be made. He's given us some very practical steps here as it relates to generosity. There's a need, they wanna do ministry together. And so he says, when I come, I don't wanna do a big you know, collection and pass the plate on that day. I want you to be intentional about giving. And so what does he say here? He starts by saying on the first day of the week. And so as he's explaining this, there's this idea of being consistent, right? If you wanna take some notes, it's, it's this idea that generosity should be consistent. You don't just give sporadically when you feel like it. 
You don't just give when you've got a little leftover at the end of the day, because here's the, here's the reality. If you're giving leftovers to God, ugh, that's not a good luck, right? I mean, imagine inviting some people over to your house this week, you know, and then like five minutes before they get there, you're like, oh man, what are we gonna, what are we gonna make for these people? Like, what, what are we gonna cook? How are we gonna feed them? And your wife's like, well, let me look in the fridge. Oh, there's some leftover meatloaf. We could throw that in the microwave. That work? Yeah, that'd be great. Of course not. You wouldn't, you wouldn't serve leftovers to your friends. Why would you give leftovers to God? Right. Yeah, we wouldn't do that. And so Paul says, be consistent with your giving and, and save it up and, and be ready to give on the first day of the week. We meet on Sundays because the early church met on Sundays. We can meet on Saturdays. We can meet on any day, but the tradition is Sunday and it's a good tradition. And he's saying, when you meet on Sunday, be ready to give, right? And, and, and so the first day of the week, be consistent. The next part here is he says, I want you to set aside a sum of money. Now, to set something aside like this means that you're going to have to make a plan, right? You're going to have to make a plan. You have to sit down and you actually have to look at your bank account. And I know some of you are like, oh, I don't want to look at it. It's not good. It's not fun. But you've got to sit down to be a good steward and you've got to see this is what's coming in and these are my expenses and I've got to make a plan in order to be faithful with what God has given to me. And if you're spending more than you are making, there's evidence of a deeper issue in your life. I, I you know, as, as your pastor, I say this because I care about you and I know you're gonna stand before God one day and I want you to hear it now to give you an opportunity to, to get ready for that day. You know, some, some days are like a, a, you know, a pat on the back and some days are like a kick in the pants, you know? And, and, and I don't know what you need today, but if you are not planning to give to God, consistently, then you're being disobedient. And you can say the same old stuff. I've heard people say, oh, the churches only want your money and you just want money. And it's just like, I've been here 14 years. I've been one of the, I, I've been a consistent giver from day one. I wouldn't ask anybody to do something that my wife and I aren't committed to do, right? Everything that we said we were, we were going to do as a church financially, we have done. Every year we get an external audit of our resources to make sure and uh, we, we, we wanna be above reproach and so we want everything to be on the up and up and, and done with the utmost uh, uh, success and, and integrity and so we, we do that. And so you can use that as an excuse if you would like to, but it does not change the fact that you're gonna stand before God. And that excuse or what some other church does or how you saw or heard or thought, it's not going to matter. You know, if you don't want to give to this church, give to the church where you are being fed and discipled. Right? It's not, it's, that's not my point. My point is I want you to be faithful. I want you to be faithful. So he says, plan, set it aside, make a plan. And then he says the sum of money that you're supposed to plan and save up is, is this idea of in keeping with your income, Right? So what that means is it ought to be a percentage. That's not a very good percentage sign, but <laughs> you get the idea. It ought to be a percentage. And so in keeping with your income, if you make a lot of money, then obviously you're, 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 you're giving more. So 
God is fair. He, he knows that, you know, this is gonna be the question that we ask. And so in the Old Testament, he gives us a lot of direction. In Malachi chapter three, it says, will a man rob God? And they're like, oh, of course, we wouldn't rob you, God. And God says, yeah, well, you're robbing me. And they're like, well, how have we robbed you? And he says, in your tithes and in your contributions. In verse 10, he says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. God's like, test me in this. You know, giving to God is, is all about faith. It's about trusting God. It's about trusting uh, him with our resources to take care of us but not only to take care of us, but also to bless us. He says, it's a test and I'm gonna open up the windows of heaven and, 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 and watch me pour down blessings in your life. And so the idea of, of tithing is just simply a percentage, it's 10%. Some of you are like, there's no way we could give 10%. Our car payment and our house. And it's like, I get it. I get it. We live in a materialistic culture and, and some of us are upside down and and so there's some, real, there's some real truth here that for some of you to experience peace in your life and faithfulness to God, you're gonna have to make some really hard decisions. You're gonna have to get rid of the whatever car and, and get a cheaper car, get a cheaper house or learn to say no to yourself instead of just buying and, and getting that you know, comfort of getting boxes at your front door. It's like, we, we, we have to make some hard decisions in order to be faithful to God. He says, give me 10%. That's what he's asking each of us to do. Now, God's math sometimes doesn't make sense to us, right? God's math is give me 10% and you'll be able to do more with 90% than you would be able to do with 100%. And you say, that doesn't make sense. Well, that's God's math. It doesn't make sense. He says, trust me, test me. You know what else doesn't make sense? Girl math. Girl math drives me nuts. I've got three teenagers and a wife, so I got four women in my house doing girl math, running me into the ground. The other day, one of my daughters said, oh, you're not gonna believe this, but I, I, I got this new outfit. And I'm like, oh, good. Well, I hope you spent your money. She's got a job, thankfully. I, you know, and uh, how much was it? And she said, oh, well, it was free. I said, free, how do, you, how do you get it for free? And she said, well, I use cash. <laughs> I said, maybe I'm a terrible father and I haven't taught basic economic principles, but cash is money, honey. Like you didn't get it for free, you paid cash. She said, yeah, well, it didn't come out of my bank account. So it was free. Girl math does not make sense. Another one of my daughters said, Dad, I got a new side gig. I'm like, oh, great. Well, what's the side gig? She said, well, if I spend $100 at this store, they give me a $10 reward. It's like making money. It's my side gig. I doesn't, no, honey, that is not making money. You just spent $100. I had another one say, um, she, she bought a shirt, uh, let's just say it was $50, and then a couple weeks later, she returned it, right? And she was like, oh, I made $50 today. <laughs> what? No, honey, you already spent the money. 
It doesn't make sense. Girl math doesn't make sense to me. It drives me nuts. You know what else sometimes doesn't make sense to us is God's math. It doesn't, doesn't make sense. What do you mean I can do more off 90 than I can 100? God, how am I going to live the life that I want to live and do the things that I want to do with the stuff that I want to have if I'm giving that kind of money to you? I've been living it my whole life, guys. And everything that I've ever needed, he has given and he is rewarded and he is blessing. And sometimes that is financially, sometimes that is materially, sometimes that is emotionally, sometimes it's spiritually, sometimes it's in just the, the way that God blesses our church. I, I look for the rewards because I know they're coming. It's just something that my wife and I committed to. Like we're gonna, we're gonna commit to the Lord. And, and here's the thing, I've never regretted it. I don't go back to 2020 or 2019 and look at what we've given and go, oh man, we really could have had, you know, um, uh, you know a better, better car or more, va- I never, never, never do that. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God has led us to that. Some people say, well, well Jesus never really talked about tithing, Trent. Well, actually, actually did. In Matthew chapter six, or 23, Jesus makes this statement. He's really mad about the Pharisees. And, and he says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. You're hypocrites. You pay a tithe of mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law. He's saying, you guys think you're so great because you tithe. You think you're so holy because you give a percentage of what you make. And he says, here's the reality. You've neglected weightier matters. What are the weightier matters, the more important matters? He says, of of, of justice and of mercy and of faith. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. And so what he's saying is the harder things are really having deeper faith and and showing mercy uh, and love to other people. He says, here's the reality. You, You should tithe, but you need to focus on the things that are harder. You're, you're giving yourself too much credit because you're giving. He could have said, you know what? Tithing is stupid. You don't need to do it. But he didn't. So he validates it. And so I want to encourage you to recognize that generosity should be intentional in your life. And then thirdly, generosity is more effective when we partner together. So we are, we're able to do far more together than we ever could on our own. I love what Philippians chapter four teaches in this matter. Paul says to the Philippian church, he says, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. I love this idea because he says in verse 14, he says, you shared my trouble. So when we partner together as believers, we share in the trouble, we share in the burden, we share in the mission and vision to make disciples. And so when we give together, there's this common bond of serving and giving that unites us as we share in the work. We celebrate the work that God does. We celebrate and we share this burden as we, as we start Knoxville and as, as, as God blesses Knoxville, we're like, we share in this burden together financially with, with, with our time. We are sacrificing and we're 
serving. Or like some churches that, you know, they don't really require anything of, of, of their people. Like you don't have to serve. You don't have to give. You don't really have to do anything. You don't even have to show up. And there's lots of places to, to, to go and to be there. But if you want to see God move, then it's going to require people partnering together to sacrifice, to give, to serve, to go where God calls us. This is what it means to experience the Holy Spirit and movement of God in our life. So he said, you shared in the trouble. Verse 15, he said, no other church entered in this partnership. Like I said, there's lots of churches that aren't entering into gospel ministry. They're not entering into making disciples. They're a, they're a country club. They're, uh, you know, come and, 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 and hear an encouragement or, you know, cotton candy message that, that makes you feel warm and fuzzy. It's like, it, it's not scriptural. And so there's not, there, there's not this idea that we have to partner together for a bigger cause. Verse 16, he said, even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs. And so what's he doing in Thessalonica? Well, you remember 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, that's the church that he started in Thessalonica. And so the Philippian church continued to invest resources to plant churches, to plant that church in Thessalonica to meet the needs that were there. Why do we start Knoxville? Why do we want to start other locations in the future? Because this is part of what it means to be a church that multiplies, right? We want to start churches that we never have enough. We need more gospel-centered churches that are reaching people in the community, right? And so this is what God has called us to. We partner together here at FC. And when we do, we're able to do so much more than we ever could on our own. There's no way that I could have led 157 people to Christ by myself and disciple them. It took thousands of us to, to see that, right? We were 44 teenagers coming to faith in Christ. That, you know, Pastor Alex couldn't do that on his own. It took thousands of us creating this place and, and investing in the equipping and training of leaders and putting all of the effort into this ministry, right? We have small groups that are connected to foster care families that are helping uh, transitions of, of, of kids and sometimes even adopting kids. And so these small groups are loving on those families that doesn't happen if just one person decides to make a difference. It takes hundreds to make that happen. We have small groups connected to local schools providing needs. Like, like this is what happens when you start to see all the different things that are happening at our church. You're starting to see, wow, my God, thousands of people in our community in both cities are being impacted by the gospel because we have partnered together. I'd say if you are giving to FC, then you understand that you are getting a pretty good, pretty good investment, pretty good return on your investment. And I believe this wholeheartedly, the best use of your money is helping people get into heaven. If you don't hear anything else I say, that is our heart, right? There's no better way to use our money than to help people find Jesus and get into heaven. That's why we give. And if you're giving, I'm proud of you. I'm thankful for you. Keep it up keep serving, keep sacrificing. God is blessing. If you are not, it's time to begin. Don't, don't be a disobedient steward. Like, like begin to, to give something and begin to uh, change the, 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 the tide in your life and begin to strive for faithfulness. 
our annual report is now online. You can go look at all the different stats and, and uh, breakdown of things, and so encourage you uh, to do that. We're obviously not a perfect church, and you know, I'm far from being a, a perfect pastor, but I do promise you that we are committed to the authority of the Bible. We are committed to preach the Bible to the best of our ability, and we are committed to evangelism and the Great Commission because Jesus is life. We believe in the redemptive love of Christ here. We understand that we are all sinners, but we believe that the gospel from uh, every tribe and every nation, that these people, no matter what color of skin, red, yellow, black, white, young, old, educated, uneducated, people who are gay or who, who are straight, people who are married or people who are not married, those who have kids and those who don't have kids, those from our country, those not from our country, those documented and those undocumented. We believe that every person from every place and every community of every race can repent of their sins and come to faith in Jesus and be changed by the power of God's grace. Amen, church? Amen. And that's why we give. That's why we give. And so I want to I want to end today by celebrating that. Can we stand to our feet and can we worship this God who not only loves us, but has called us to be a part of his mission. And we have this amazing opportunity to join him in this mission and to join him in giving and seeing people come to faith and not only come to faith, but experience heaven for all eternity. Let's sing together. Thank you so much for watching this video. We'd love for you to like this video and leave a comment. We'd also like to encourage you to subscribe and click the bell so you never miss an upload from Foothills Church. To learn more about FC, you can go to our website, foothillschurch.com, or by clicking the link in the description below.